This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. So my maternal side is Kerry and my paternal side is Cork. My father's father, his, uh, his brother is Tim Hobbs, who, who died uh, on the Republican side. And he married uh, Anastasia Cregan, who was from uh, Newcastle West in Limerick. And her brother, Eddie Cregan, was killed by Republican forces. So that must have been, they must have had uh, very interesting um, Christmas dinners, you know. On my mother's side, on my, on, on my maternal side, uh, she, she's from the O'Sullivan side of the family. And they come from Valencia so, and Waterville. And uh, her her father, my grandfather on my mother's side, set up the uh, first um, uh, wireless school in Cork, you know, coming out of the uh, transatlantic cable link and so on down in, in Waterville. And his his brother is um, was became quite famous later, Taddy O'Sullivan, who was the managing director of the Gresham during its heyday in the 40s and 50s. A uh, very close friend of uh, Princess Grace of Monaco, you know. And uh, I suspect he actually was having an affair with her. In fact, that was... That was explained to me by somebody who knew him, who was trained by him at the time. So I'm not just um, not just speculating, you know. And it was a bit like me having an affair with kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer or Angelina Jolie, you know. I mean, if he, if he managed to pull that one off and got away with it, I can only say, you know. Well, my mother's still alive and, and hale and hearty. My mother was uh, an only child. And um, uh, so she, she's been, you know, she, she's been in Cork all her life and uh, married my father in the uh, early 1960s. Um, my father was um, a commercial traveller um, for, for a number of firms and, um, and his father before him was one of the first commercial travellers in Ireland and they, they set up the, um, the Commercial Travellers Federation Union in Galabi House. It's not, it was since taken over by one of the big unions, I can't remember which one, but the house was haunted, I remember, supposedly. Anyway, we, spent, we used to spend a lot of time there as kids um, uh, you know, rambling around the place, and um, it was really more of a social thing. But it was a trade union, you know, for for commercial travellers, and uh, so he was involved in that. And then um, he and I've said this before, and it's something I, I only came to grips with again quite later in life. He he got quite ill when I was young. You know, he he suffered from uh, depression, and um, and he spent four years suffering, fourteen years suffering from it. And uh, and never really had a bright day. He just it just got worse and worse and worse. He he would go out uh, every day to work, and come back literally and fall 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 to pieces maybe at six or seven o'clock, and uh, you'd know he was in the house because you could feel it. You know there was a kind of um, a, a negative energy about it. He did he did it like he's you know I didn't I didn't appreciate this until later in life, but he um, he um, sorry just an emotional point. I didn't really understand um, um, depression until until later in life, you know. And um, when 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 I went to see a doctor myself about an issue that I had, which really was really it came down to just would you believe it, excess mercury in my blood system. And um, and he was asking me about my background, and I was telling him about my father, and it was his explanation of depression to me that really got me to really then understand it. He just described what it was like from my father's perspective to be suffering from depression for so long. And it eventually he lost weight and eventually killed him. Now, he died from a heart attack, but he actually died from depression. And the year that he died, 1983, aware then was set up. So there is no open discussion about it. 
I lost my relationship with him, really. I mean, the, the relationship effectively ended. I saw it as society did in its taboo, that this was a kind of a weakness, you know, and uh, because there was no discussion about it, there was no information available on it. You know, he was going to see his GP. Turned out years later, his GP was also depressive. You know, there was electric shock treatment. There was um, pretty rough medication. And, you know, the, the, the health professionals were really begin- only beginning to understand what they were dealing with. These days now you have, uh, you know, you've psychotherapy, you've psychoanalysis, you've psychiatrists, you've medication. GPs are invariably really skilled now at dealing with um, people suffering from excess stress, you know, and, and helping them out of that cycle. And, it's, and, and now, because it's been openly discussed and championed by people like Brezzi and others, uh, and discussed not just by him, but by many others as well, uh, I do know that um, I really didn't begin to understand it uh, until I was much older, probably in my in my in my forties. My mother was rem- is a remarkable woman. Uh, I mean, I I I've said it before, but like I regard my father as a hero for what he did. You know, for being able to just plow on and plow on and plow on until he could plow on no longer. You know, my mother then safeguarded us from the worst aspects of it. You know, and uh, so she's a remarkable woman. Well, she married again after my father died. Um, he, she was 48 at that stage and she married again a few years later. So she had a second, she had a second, uh, second go. And sadly, he passed away from, uh, from cancer uh, about four or five years ago. I'm married since 1987, so it's a long time. Uh, I have four children and um, we were only 18 or 19 at the time. So we were married at 23 or 24 years of age. She's West Cork, pragmatic, very highly organised, uh, Bright, bright outlook. Um, I bring a lot of problems, you know. I've always been involved in 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 um, in in um, I won't say conflict because that's too strong a word, but in debate and in, in issues. Uh, I find it not hard not to be. Uh, I've tried to retreat from it many times, and uh, it's a bit like asking a dog not to bark. You know, I end up barking again, and um, before I know it, I'm barking again. And uh, and then of course I t- I made the transition. Then uh, I, I you know I've been writing. I've been I think I've been writing fairly prolifically. I'm now the president of Renew Ireland, a new political party dedicated to uh, getting in there and, and, and rooting out the dry rot that's at the heart of Irish governance because how we govern Ireland is directly linked to six successive economic collapses since 1922. I mean, we'd famine conditions at the end of the Second World War and it will, we're, we're back to where we started. We're, we're on the same road again, folks. We're doing the same stuff all over again. We're driving up property values. We're... You know, we want to put SMEs at the apex of the Irish economic model uh, and not the insiders, which is what we've got at the moment. And as I speak, you know, they're gathering behind closed doors to carve out the lolly between themselves and we're all working for them. And uh, until such time as we're prepared to have that discussion and go and deal with it, unfortunately, uh, the, the, the future generations of Irish youth will once again get on planes, boats and they will leave this country because we will blow it again until such time as we start governing in the open rather than in the shadows. We call it government in the sunshine, which is really the, the headline I, I give the, uh, the policy, policy manifesto that we've got. So, and it was, a, it was an interesting journey. It was a very tough journey, you know, psychologically as well as physically, you know, exhausting, trying to get a political party going. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we're up and running now. You know, we got a lot of sneering and, and all the rest of us you would expect. And, and, and the mob came, which I expected it would, and they were bruising, which I expected it would be. But you know, they they, they, they punched themselves out a bit like um, a bit like Foreman did with, with with Ali, you know, and the rumble in the jungle. They just swinging until they were totally exhausted, and we're still standing and moving forward, you know. So, 
Uh, we want to give people the dignity of choice in 40 constituencies at the next election that they can actually pick somebody that's prepared to take on the establishment in this country and finally bring in the type of govern governing Ireland in the sunshine that we require. And you can see evidence of it being governed in the shadows all over the place. The Hickwell report on Port Leash, nobody accountable, uh, and it's got to change. And if it doesn't change, unfortunately, we're going to go burst again. It's just a question of when it happens. Thanks for listening to this Newstalk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.